It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Piers Morgan. Uncensored tonight, she was simply the best. Breaking news, Tina Turner has died at the age of 83. We'll pay tribute to one of the all-time music greats. Plus, he's the social media so-called prankster who sparked national outrage by terrorising innocent bystanders. Mizzy, as he calls himself, entered people's homes without permission, stole property, knocked people off their bikes, even stole an elderly woman's dog, all for social media fame on TikTok. Today, he got away with a £365 fine. Many think that's not enough. He joins me live. And Michael Block is the underdog hero who electrified the sporting world. This week, and punctured our collective doom and gloom with a winning attitude to living a dream. The Rocky Balboa of golf joins me live to tell me how he did. Live from the news building in London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Well, good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Uh, sad breaking news at the start of the show this evening. The legendary Tina Turner has died at the age of 83, one of the all-time music greats, simply, as she sang, the best. And we'll pay tribute to her a little later in the programme. But first, many young people see social media stardom as a fast track to fame and fortune. People you've never heard of can become very famous and very wealthy very quickly from the business of bagging clicks and followers online. But with more than 500 hours of content uploaded every single minute just to YouTube, how do they even begin to get noticed? Well, some influencers have a talent. They can sing or dance. Some give brash opinions. Some play computer games. Some give friendly tutorials on things like how to do makeup or make music. But others get their clicks by, honestly, behaving like complete morons. In California, a YouTuber and pilot faced 20 years in jail for crashing an airplane to get more subscribers. Others have jumped from city buildings, taken on wild animals, crash cars, you name it. However mad it is, someone has tried it just for the clicks. And all in the name of becoming Insta-famous. This week, a social media prankster named Mizzy has generated headlines and abject outrage for so-called pranks, which mostly involve just terrorising innocent bystanders. James. James. Hello. Got a nice dog. Big guy, hold on, guys. I'm perfectly fine. We're gonna die. It's always closer to your dad. Ah! 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 Hey yo! 
as public anger grew this week, London's Met Police announced they were looking for Mizzy, real name Bakari Bronzegaro. The law caught up with him, and today he was fined £365 and given a criminal behaviour order, which is supposed to ban him from posting to social media without the written permission of the people in his videos. You might think that's not much of a punishment or much of a deterrent. But what does he think? Well, fresh from the courtroom, he's here now. All right, well, good evening to you. Hello, hello, Piers. Long time no see. What do you mean, long time no see? Last time I hopped on your thing with my friend. Oh, that's right, you, you appeared in the background, didn't yeah, you? Mate. When we were doing an interview, yeah, yeah. Mate. Okay, well, I'm not your mate. Um, what, not I am is, what I am is an interviewer who is, I'm curious about what has been motivating you to terrorise the people around where you live. Why do mm. it? I wouldn't really call it terrorising, I would just call it more having fun. But let's get this out of the way first. I apologise. You see this situation that blew up on the internet, walking into random houses? The next day, I apologised to the woman because I felt bad, innit? Like, deep in her social media, like, it went deep in her social media, that's why I didn't record it. She recorded me apologising to her. I told her sorry and she explained that she was terrified because her children were in the house. And I understood What were you it. doing in the house? What was I doing in the house? I don't know, it was a stupid video. Like, I got peer pressure to, to say it. I don't want to say it, like, in that way, but... Well, somebody else's fault. I'm not, I'm not blaming it on no one else. I mean, you break into the house with a house with a with a woman and a husband and two I young, went into the house on my own accord. No, I'm just saying. You, okay, you went through their door, right? Mm. But it's not your house. You're not supposed to be in there. Oh no shit. You are causing a lot of alarm to that poor woman and to her children who are in the house. You then terrorize this poor elderly woman and take her dog away and traumatize. Her. Oh, uh, so the story about that. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let no, me speak. Let, no, no. Yeah, because no, be, no, no. Let me speak. No, no. Let me speak. No, no, no. no, no. I'm going to tell you. Let me talk you, about that situation. No, for the viewers, you, no, no. That. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. For the viewers, wait a minute. For the viewers who don't know what you've done. Hold up, hold up. I'm going to tell them. No, you hold on. No, you can hold on. I'm explaining. I'm explaining. Don't just keep talking like an idiot. I. Right. Don't. Let me finish. What the viewers don't know, you did. I. You go up and you. Do these things. You take a dog from an elderly woman. You leapfrog over the top of an orthodox Jewish man standing at the side of the road, minding his own business. You go up to women in the street and say, do you want to die? It wasn't a woman, it was a man. And she even There says, were also women that you did this to. There was a woman there, but I only say it to the man. Right. You shouldn't be saying it to anybody. Fair enough, but... Why, are you, why in the name of so-called prankster humour, why cause so much alarm and distress to so many people? Do you get your kicks out of doing that? Not necessarily, but you could say that this whole public outroar just makes me laugh because people are getting hurt over something that didn't happen to them. And that's how I see it as. What do you mean? People are getting hurt over something that didn't happen to them. Everyone acts like they, they have this persona, like they don't care, or uh, social media's a facade, this, that, and the other. But when me comes out and does the mad thing, everyone has something it's to say. It's not a mad thing. It's, it's a, the mad thing. It's, it's the mad a, thing. You, you, no. you, already you already said it was the mad thing. It's, it's a mad thing. No, it's, it's not mad. mad. It's, it's moronic. It's the kind of thing anybody could do, mm. and you do it for kicks, and you do it for clicks, and you get your little moment on TikTok, and presumably your peer group that you referenced earlier, they all think, good on you, good on you, Mizzy, this is hilarious. Meanwhile, some poor woman thinks you've stolen her dog and is traumatised. Mm. Another woman has her two kids, and you're bursting into their house uninvited. All right. Like, you're jumping on 
Jewish people, See, I was right, who were already... Jewish people, hold up, wait, yeah, I mean, wait, 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 no, no, stop. You did. Cool, it was a Jewish person, cool. But there was a trend going around on TikTok called 300. I've done this to numerous people, black people, white people, age, any mm. types of people, I don't discriminate. So don't stop saying orthodox Jewish person, like I only targeted him and it was only him that I went for. Mm. Why are you not. targeting anybody in that well, What do you mean, why am I targeting anyone? It was a trend, mm. it was a trend. I just done it for a trend. What's Literally the trend? What's the trend? 300, jump over someone at the time of the beat. However much you scare them. Uh, however much you scare them. Or even if you push them into a car. No, that's, that, that didn't happen, though, because I saw... It didn't happen by it chance. It didn't happen, but it didn't happen. A lot of the stuff that you do... It didn't happen. ...could have consequences far more serious. But you don't care, do you? As long as you get I a care. laugh... I have remorse. I have remorse for all of these You things. don't have I, any remorse. What do you mean I don't have any remorse? How are you telling tell me? You have no remorse. Are you in my life? Do you live in my life? Huh? Do you, are you there for my pranks? Have you been there in my What's life? What's your life? Tell me. Well, you tell me my life. Presumably, this is whether... Presumably, you're about, my life. You're, Presumably, you're about to life. tell me the sob story, are you? What's There's the no sob story. story? There's no sob story. I don't well, go on, then. What's, your, story about my what's so bad I've about your life that makes you do this? I've been doing my whole life, innit? I, I, I just do it for fun. On or off camera, I do my thing. Tell me about your life. What justifies this? What do you what's happened to life? you that makes you think you're justified in doing this? What do you mean, tell me about my life? Well, you said you, you said you don't know about your life. Tell me about your life. Because I'm get, trying to get on to you because I'm black. Because I guarantee. Because if there you're was a black. Person, yeah, I guarantee. If there I don't was a give white a person, damn about your skin oh, color. Really? No. Why would I care about what color your skin is? Really? I just think you're an idiot. Oh, thank you. I think you're an idiot too. That's fine. You're perfectly entitled to. Yeah. So are you? So the show's called uncensored. I think you're an idiot for what you've been doing. I also think you're an idiot for playing the race car when no one's mentioned your skin color. Really? Okay. You don't have to mention it to. I don't care about your skin color, Lizzy. I care about the fact that you've been terrorizing all these people for a sustained period of time. I also care about the fact you've only got a tiny fine today, no deterrent to you whatsoever. You don't show any real remorse. You don't UK, really care, do you? The UK laws are weak, simple as. And that's huh? not, the UK laws are weak, simple as, and that's not mm. my fault. Mm. That's not my fault. Like in America, what do your, fam what do your family make of what you've been doing? Oh, what do my family make? Well, I don't chat to my mum anymore. And why not? Why not? Because I just don't talk to her. It's irrelevant to you, but I just don't chat to her, innit? Mm -hmm. And well, my sisters are calm, but like obviously they don't fully commend what I do, but... Do any of your family condemn what you do? No, of course not. Like obviously... They think it's all perfectly normal? No, there's certain videos that they'll be like, no, you can't be doing that. Like, especially just walking into the random houses one. Certainly not. But that was more of a spur of the moment thing. I just got egged on and my ego got a hold of me. And I realised that at that moment, and that's why I went to apologise the next day, after it all blew up out of proportion, and I felt, like, bad, personally. I don't think you felt bad. OK, well, you can, I think say, you felt that. Bad. You can say that. I'm I think telling you felt bad. No, see, you're interrupting no, me. Why are you interrupting me? I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. Yeah, it's fine. I'm talking. I'm talking. Carry on being an idiot. OK, yeah. OK, we are signing Busy. the districts every time. I'm actually Remember not going to call you Mizzy, because it's, it's obviously a stage. I'll call you Bakari Bronze, right? All right. Bakari Bronze, let's try and talk to each other as human beings. All right, Piers All right. Morgan. Yeah, I'm trying to understand why there's no real remorse here? Do why you know do you not no understand what, is, what, do you mean, why what there's the no consequences of your actions I went to go apologise off social media. I could have recorded that apology and that would have been another viral video, whether it's hate or whatever. Literally, hate brings money. Hate brings likes. Hate brings views. It doesn't matter. Love or hate, it still brings views. Why, would, why do you prefer to do the hateful stuff? It's not like I prefer to do the hateful stuff. It's just, like, it's easier to do the hateful stuff. Why are you laughing? And you it's fun? Obviously, I don't think it's fun, but... You're a funny person. You do think it's funny. <laughs> You're a funny person. You do. I've seen the videos. You do Obviously, think it's just really funny. At the time, I think it's funny. My fan base thinks it's funny, and it's we outside, isn't it? It's a movement. But 
What's the deep down, what's the movement? Deep down, being free and not letting anyone tell you nothing. That's why I can do all of this stuff. I have, I'm the most hated person on the internet right now. No, but you're not. Most people have, don't know who you are. Okay then, whatever you say, innit? Whatever you say. Please. Most people watching this will have never heard of you and whatever care you even say, less. Well, now they are. You just brought it to me, now no, they are. They'll just, now just, think, they are. They'll just look at the are. way you're behaving now and they'll think, yeah, he's a complete moron. All right, and you're a complete moron. You keep cutting me, interrupting me when I'm trying to talk. Because you keep talking in this animated manner, trying to stop animated me asking man. you any questions. And then Go you on. say, is, is it because I'm black? As no. if somehow it's See, about a race. He's going thing. back to the race card. Why are you going back to that? I said that once. No, and you mentioned it. Well, I, I mentioned it once. I've never once mentioned your skin it. color. All right, cool. Go on. I don't care what color you are. All right. If you were white, I'd have exactly the same view about your moronic behavior. All right. But I'm curious, who in your family is there to tell you this Why is Why do you need to go to my family? I'm my own person, so talk about me. Because you family. don't... No, 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 Because you don't... Talk about me, not my family. Yes, but here's the problem. What's the you problem? Are, you are clearly a product of your upbringing. No, I'm not. I'm my own person. I've always been my own person. Mm. I'm literally... You've had no one to tell you this is wrong. Of course people have told me it's wrong. Family, friends, everyone's told Who? me it's wrong. Who's told you it's what wrong? What do you mean? My own mother told me it's wrong. There's, there's been situations between me and my mum where I... Right, so your mother doesn't like what you're doing. Of course, I, I, yeah. So why don't you stop doing it? Because my mother told why? me to stop doing something. Okay, and that's your mother. It. You listen to your mother. You listen to somebody else. I'm my own person. I'm I, I'm legally an adult now, so I can do what I what want. What are you going to do now? What am I going to do now? Twitter, Mizzy is banned, and I'm going to be on Twitch. Yeah, I'm going to mm. start streaming on Twitch, IRL streams, gaming streams. My Twitch is Mizzy is live if you want to get at mm. that. But yeah. And do you want to try and come up with a sincere apology or not? No, I don't need to come up with no sincere apology. I already okay. have my own remorse, and I already, I already. You don't have any remorse. Do you? What do you mean? Okay, then whatever you. To you, it's all a bit of a jape. And if you steal some uh, old woman's dog, it's, it's all a bit, a bit of, of fun. Joke. If you jump on a Jewish man, it's all a bit of fun. If you run into people's houses with young kids and terrorize them, fun. it's all a bit of fun. But what I'm saying to you, to you nothing is, really matters. What right? I'm saying to you is, there's been plans to change up everything. Can you? you you're just no help in it. You just talk your own thing. You have mm. your own set. Morals and yeah, so that's you. No, it's not about morality. I just okay, think, cool, cool. I just whatever think, you say, I'm I was still talking. I was still talking. You're yeah, interrupting again, again, Piers. Okay, let me Piers Morgan, why do you keep interrupting? Let me tell me, you, bro. we're going to put both of ourselves out of this misery and we'll just end it there because yeah, you I are. You should end it. As I said at the like, start, bro. you're just a complete moron. And so are you. Uh, so until you, you stop being a moron, over people, bro. you will be treated you like a moron. People, uh, you are Missy. The man didn't really the moron. Uh, for the record, he wasn't August. paid for this, Boxing obviously. Um, I feel like paying viewers actually having to Keep put up with it. Streams. Uncensored next from this yeah. idiot to a far more heartwarming story. The Rocky Balboa of golf. Michael Block's story has inspired the world, unlike this. And he'll be with me next to tell me. to Piers Morgan Uncensible. A few days ago, I opened this show by saying that in a world of moaning and groaning, whining and wailing, sulking and complaining, we should all be a little bit more like Michael Block. He's the 46-year-old dad and local golf club pro who just lit up one of golf's major tournaments in spectacular fashion. Through sheer force of will, he made the cut at a major PGA tournament for the first time last week where he electrified the crowds Huge crowds that came for him by the end, paired with superstar Rory McIlroy, and then dunked a ridiculously improbable hole-in-one that will be replayed for years to come. Along the way, he charmed and delighted millions with his humility, his humour, 
his emotion and his can-do spirit. And we now know a little bit more about how he did it and why we should indeed all be a little bit more like Michael Block. It boils down to two short phrases and four words. Firstly, scrawled on his golf balls are the words, why not? That's what he once said to his caddy, who just told him he was one putt away, a 22-foot putt, from making the US Open. And he nailed it, because why not? Secondly, his son Dylan, who's caddied for him in the past, apparently did something simple but extraordinary when Block's confidence was seriously flagging a few years ago. He said, look inside your shoes, Dad. And when Block did, he saw the words, don't quit. I love that. Some people might think I've lost my marbles for banging on about a golfer all week. But for me, it's not about golf. It's not even really about sport. It's about being a human being who's had a dream all his life. And when he got the chance to realise that dream, he grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. I called him the Rocky Balboa of golf for exactly that reason. And I never missed an opportunity to play the Piers Morgan mantra for winning, not whining, spoken by the man himself. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Well, no-one personifies that spirit more than my next guest. If that doesn't get you moving, nothing will, right? Ironically, when my producers told me that Michael Block was unavailable for interview on Monday, I had two short phrases for them. Why not? Don't quit. So I'm delighted to say Michael Block now joins me, live from the Colonial Country Club in Texas. Michael, uh, a great honour to have you on Piers Morgan on Centre. I've got to start by an admission. Until last week, I'd never heard of you. Um, like probably most people who watched you. And then by the end of the week, the whole of America knew you, the whole world knew you, and you had endeared yourself to tens of millions of people around the world. How do you feel? What's it been like to be Michael Block in the last few days? It's probably Pierce. Uh, I mean, you know how it feels, but for us average folks like me... Uh... Yeah, it's exactly what you would think. Your brain just is numb. Uh, it's insane. You can't comprehend what's even going on. Uh, it's nuts. I'm literally just floating around at this point. And thank God I've got a whole bunch of people here helping me uh, get through it. And uh, I got a couple more interviews, and then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my uh, my clubs back out and I'll practice all afternoon and get ready for tomorrow's uh, tournament. There was, uh, I mean, this is one of the great benefits already. You're being invited to take part in, in tournaments which you wouldn't otherwise have been playing in. Otherwise, you'd have been back at your local club uh, teaching people how to play this game that you, you love. You're 46 years old and you've had this burning dream for so long to actually realise that dream, to compete against the very best in one of the great major tournaments and then to drain that ludicrous hole-in-one where you didn't even need the ball to bounce like the rest of us or go along the ground like the rest of us. It just went straight in the hole with Rory McIlroy haggling you, thousands of spectators going nuts, millions watching at home going nuts. That moment, I mean, is that the dream realised for you? Whatever happens next. You know, I mean, I've been playing tournament golf for, my goodness, 40 years. I've never had a hole-in-one in a tournament in my life. And for uh, the ball to go directly into the hole, it was, it was almost like somebody just grabbed it out of the air and <laughs> threw it into the hole. 
under those circumstances, it's unbelievable. And I guess that's why the story is what it is. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better timing of making a shot in my entire life, and it happened. Um, under those circumstances, playing with one of my idols, Roy McElroy, playing in front of the Rochester, New York fans who were absolutely behind me 100%. Uh, and I wasn't even thinking about the millions of people behind all the cameras. I was just sitting there wanting to let that crowd go absolutely crazy, and I guess I did exactly what I needed to do on that hole. You showed so much emotion uh, throughout the whole process of this tournament, and yet your wife has said that you never cried when your kids were born, when your two sons are, you're a very loving dad and they're both very good young golfers. You never cried when they were born, but you've been weeping away for the last four days. How do you explain you find this more emotional? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> you could say I love the game of golf uh, unbelievably, but, um, I mean, obviously I love my kids more. Uh, I love a lot of things more than golf, but golf is just this passion, and it's a sport. And the only time I had ever cried ever before I started crying about my own game was watching Rudy and watching the movie Rudy and when he puts that, you know, the, all, the, all the teammates come in and put their jerseys down so Rudy can play. Yeah. That's the only other time I remember ever having that emotional state and uh, actually coming to tears. And so now it's, I feel like that every time I hear somebody tell me these uh, items like, I had no idea that I was in the next PGA Championship or how much I won or what other tournaments I got into. And every single time I hear these great things, uh, it just brings me to tears. And uh, it's, it's been amazing, and I am definitely an emotional roller coaster right now. I mean, one of the most extraordinary of all the remarkable moments you've had is that you got, I think, three or 4,000 text messages, and you were told by somebody from Nike, look, you better check them, because in the middle of them, is one from Michael Jordan, who'd seen you were wearing a pair of his sneakers. Um, have you found that text? And what did he say to you? The second that I uh, got the word, I go, you, what? I go, Michael, text me? I'm like, I didn't see it. And they're like, you're kidding me. I'm like, no. And so I just started scrolling and scrolling, and I've literally thousands upon thousands of texts, and half of them don't have a name. Yeah. And I definitely didn't have his name in my contacts. So uh, <laughs> I kept on scrolling, finally found it, and uh, he basically said something down to the lines that uh, this is why he loves the game of golf so much. And uh, I, my big request from him is that uh, I want to spend one of those days with him at his course and play 36 holes with him and his friends, and uh, that, just, that just will make my uh, life complete. I mean, Michael Jordan, for many, the greatest athlete to ever play any sport, to be taking time out of his life to text you, Michael Block, uh, that's a remarkable thing, right? Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, outside of my friends and family, nobody ever texted me uh, before last week. So, yeah, having Michael Jordan and all the other texts I've had since then, it's ridiculously fun and exciting and very, very surreal. What does your wife say about this? I mean, she's been, they say, behind every great man is a greater woman. She's lived this dream with you, I guess, vicariously through the good and bad, often bad, I guess, uh, often tough, certainly. Um, it's not easy to be a, a journeyman professional golfer. Uh, how important has she been to you? Unbelievable. She's been, uh, she's been there for me all the way. Uh, she stood by me, you know, when I was making $8.50 when I started my job. Uh, and I always said, trust me, honey, trust me, I, I'm always going to have you covered uh, ever since then. And I've, that's been always my goal, right, to be able to raise my family in a 
in a great spot in uh, Southern Orange County in, in California, which is, isn't easy. And uh, it's been huge. And she's just a, a rock for me. Um, and she understands what I've been through, the good and the bad. And uh, she, is, she's going to come in hopefully Saturday here to uh, Fort Worth. I just have to make the cut. What did your boys say? Because I know at least one of them often caddies for you, but didn't on this occasion. What did they make of this? Their dad, their hero, suddenly becoming the world's hero. I've never, you know, I've never heard my oldest one say so many positive things about me. Usually, you know, I was always the enemy and the, and the, uh, you know, the guy that he was trying to beat on the golf course. And, you know, my youngest one, Ethan, he's, he's a sweetheart. He's always been the same way. But now, all of a sudden, Dylan's chimed in and, and he thinks dad's pretty cool now. So uh, it's pretty awesome. You know, it's pretty awesome as a, as a father that has the 16 and 18-year-old boys uh, for them to look up to their pops is, uh, is really awesome. And I haven't seen them since. I have not, I've not seen them for one second, so I can't wait to uh, be back in California here in the whatever it is by hopefully Sunday night and uh, give them big hugs. Dylan, of course, was caddying for you when you had a low moment, I think in 2018. You were feeling low about your game, and he said, look in your shoes, Dad, and it just said the words, don't quit. How important was that moment to you? He was 13 years old. I just made a triple bogey. I had to finish in the top 20 of that tournament to get into the PGA Championship in 2018 at Bell Reef Country Club in St. Louis. I grew up a mile from Bell Reef Country Club, so it was my number one priority checklist to make happen. So I'm walking off this hole, just making a horrible mess of it, triple bogey. And I'm walking off. He's 13. He's like this, this high, right? He's a little guy. And, and he says, hey, Dad. He goes, Dad, did you look in your shoes? And um, I'm like, no, buddy. I just got these last week. And... Uh, he goes, he goes, it says don't quit, so you're not going to quit on me. And I, I mean, I, I got emotional at that point, too. And I'm like, my kid's saying that to me? I mean, come on, let's go. And I, I refocused, and I got into a playoff. I made a birdie in the playoff, and I got into the PGA Championship in 2018, which was, which was unreal. It was amazing. And it was also amazing that your golf balls have the words, why not? And the story's great, where you're qualifying for the U.S. Open, got a 22-foot putt. Why not is what you and your caddy... And you said, why not? Why shouldn't I get this in? And you had the same attitude, actually. I watched the interviews as you progressed in the PGA tournament. You just kept thinking, rather than downplaying the fact you were there, you kept saying, well, why shouldn't I be here? I'm a professional golfer. On my day, I can compete with these guys. But to actually then compete with these guys at their level, to be with Rory McIlroy and play as well as he did on that final day, that, that for you as a golfer, what a moment. I'll tell you what, uh, everyone should live that way, you know, whether it's going to a business meeting or uh, a sport or going to your softball game or whatever it might be. I mean, if you live with that mantra, why can't it happen to me? Uh, it's going to work. It's a positive, you know. One of the biggest things for me is to take the negatives out of the, uh, out of the brain and to replace them with positives. So if I'm thinking positively, I can't think about two things at the same time, so I'm going to keep focusing on that. And that's worked out beautifully for me. Um, so I, I keep that mantra going, and I uh, kept it going last week. I'm going to keep it going this week and hopefully the rest of my life, and I'm trying to teach my boys to do the same thing. And for people watching this who have their own dream, whatever it is, not necessarily golf, just a dream in life, you've, you've realised your dream at 46, where many may have given up hope. What is your message to people living a dream of any age, given what you've just achieved? Well, if you're passionate about it and you work as hard as you possibly can, you're going to give yourself the best opportunity to have it happen. Is it a guarantee to have happen? Absolutely not. But at the end of the day, you know, when, when 
you're, you're about to leave this, this planet, um, you can look back at it and you said, I gave it 100% because the last thing I'm going to do is leave this planet thinking that I only gave it 60% or, hey, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just too tired. I'm going to go home and relax. Now, go out, play that extra nine. Go out, practice a little harder. Go work on that, you know, presentation you're going to give the next day a little harder. Give it that extra 100% and uh, when it's all said and done, you'll be way happier about it uh, for yourself. Finally, Michael, uh, it's traditional, of course. Whoever gets a hole-in-one in golf buys everybody in the clubhouse a drink. And, in fact, Brooks Kepku won the tournament. When he saw you, went, I hear the beers are on you, buddy, or worse of that effect. When you go back to your club, will you be buying everybody in that clubhouse who are going nuts on your behalf, uh, watching their pro take the PGA by storm? Are you going to go back and buy them all a drink? A hundred percent. Thanks, Pierce, for saying that. You know they're going to take me for sure up on that now. So, yeah, I will. I will. As long as they were in there for that, you know, when they were going nuts, when that hole in one, everybody that was in there at that point, without a doubt, drinks are on me when I get back. And just to clarify, the moment you knew you'd got that hole in one, better than sex, Michael? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you thought about that. I'm not even sure that's a genuine answer, but you thought your wife's watching this, didn't you? Be honest. <laughs> You're horrible. That was great, though. <laughs> Michael oh, Block. Yeah. I'm, I'm going one... to get some for that. You are. are you, 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 eventually, you managed to get the right, right answer out. What did Rory McIlroy say to you, just finally? Because <laughs> you were playing with this great guy. He was so moved, I think, by the whole experience. He said you had bigger crowds following you than him. And he hugged you at the end. What did he say to you? Oh, he was, he was uh, instrumental. Uh, how sweet he was and how nice he was to me the entire time. Took me under his wing, as did Rosie on Saturday. Uh, that was huge. Um, that's probably one of the reasons I was able to shoot a 71 that final round and, and have that stuff happen. But uh, he just said, keep it going. Just be you. That's what I kept in here from a lot of the guys. Just be you. Keep, do, keep doing what you're doing. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm just trying to be me still. I'm out here in, in Texas now. I'm going to do the exact same thing I did last week. Does that guarantee that I'm going to have a hole-in-one or finish 15th? Absolutely not. But you guys all know that at the end of the day, that when I leave here and when I leave Texas and go back to California, I gave it everything I had. Michael, you're fantastic. Honestly, I loved the interviews through the progress of that tournament. I love the hole-in-one. I love the magic of it all. I love the hope and inspiration you've given every golfer like me in the world playing around off 16 and hoping that one day maybe we could do what you did. You lived a dream for a lot of us, a lot of pros, a lot of everyone actually living a dream out there. Thank you for that. And congratulations, honestly. It's one of the great sports stories of recent years, and I, I loved every second of it. Hey, Pierce, thank you so much, and uh, thanks for having me on. Good to see you. Well, on says the next, should British police be a little more German when taking on eco-warriors who try to shut down our roads and public transport? I'll debate that with the Piers Pack next. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. 
Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Biz Morgan Uncensored, a game of two halves this evening when it comes to our interview guest, talking to the contributor Esther Cracker, who is here, the Mirrors Associate Editor Kevin McGuire, talking to your presenter Rosanna Lockwood. Well, welcome to all three of you. Yeah, a game of two halves, Kevin. Perhaps the best and the worst of humanity so far dragged out for the delectation of our viewers. Uh, look, let's start with this kid, Mizzy, the TikToker. I didn't actually want to be too uh, tough with him because he's 18 and he's... He thinks he's a prankster. You know, who knows how malevolent his thinking really was. He probably just thought it was all a bit of a jape. He's not got much of a deterrent today. I mean, a 360-odd pound fine. And if you do it again, you get a, a, a more tough sentence. Is that the right message to send to kids like this? No, but I think what he really needs is a mentor or somebody to take right. him in hand. Because, look, he... He didn't feel sincere in his apology. No. But, but he's a clever, smart lad. No, he's he's got He's got talent there. No, he I mean, you want to harness it, because you can't have him going around causing trouble for families, and it's noticeable. No, he I'm took sorry. the dog he, of an old woman. He didn't take it from a six-foot-two gym yeah. bunny with a, with a rock. He is, he's not clever or smart. He's part of a narcissistic generation that thinks they can do whatever they want to be they laughed be smart. at on the internet with likes and, yep. and tweets. He, he makes a very yep. good case for bringing back corporal punishment. Mm. He was completely not remorseful. Mm. He was completely... What just... would happen if he pulled this stunt or these stunts in oh, Ghana? Oh, my gosh. I was, I was actually in the green room with the F1. We were like, if you were in Ghana... I mean, there are lots of... I mean, in America, he'd be shot and yeah, by exactly. now, right? I mean, yeah. and that, well, you know, I mean, that's... I just felt with him, I mean, Rosanna... Yeah. You then said, where's your mother? I don't talk to her. He didn't mention her father. His, you just wonder who is there as his any kind of moral compass. It felt... I mean, by the end, all he was doing was promoting his next thing or whatever. Um, I sort of agree with Kevin to a degree, is that he's not an idiot. I mean, mm -hmm. I called him an idiot for his idiotic behaviour, but to actually do what he was doing... He's got some ability. He just harnesses it in completely the wrong way, right? I mean, how do you how do you harness that and make him think that there's a better way to make money and to have a life? At 18, unfortunately, it might be too late. And watching it, was, it was quite uncomfortable watching it because I yeah. felt like he was about 14 or 15, but he is a legal adult, as he said himself. Uh, but it's not TikTok's fault, as some people are saying. You know, we need to regulate the social media platforms. But it is something to do with attention the attention that these kids need. And he was saying, I don't care if I'm liked or disliked, I just know I want to be talked about. And that's something, you know... Well, look, I would, yeah, I'd yeah. be the last person on earth to <laughs> condemn that philosophy, yeah. but I just think that what he was doing... As I'm like, I, again, I agree with you about the kind of things he was doing. It's a form of terror that he was doing. Yeah. Um, albeit, I'm not entirely sure he understood that. 
And for him to play the race card, I'm so sorry. Well, that was that, pathetic. I think yeah. that's what incensed me the most. It's because yeah. we, we've given people like this an avenue to just, you know, abuse the system, right? You can't, this is not a race issue. And if actually, if he was in a, the parts of the world where there are majority black people, he would never get away with this because mm. discipline is quite strict in other parts of the well, world. Well, also, yeah. it's got nothing to do with his skin color. Exactly. No, but he's, he's not had the easiest start that's not in, an excuse. in life. I'm sorry, that's not no, an no, excuse. But it, it's, it's an explanation well, of why not. he's behaving and it's why somehow yeah. give him something constructive in his life because he, he is he is talented yeah but you see you see rosanna says tiktok isn't responsible i'm not so sure about that you know? these social media companies they don't want to be regulated like publishers or broadcasters they do allow their platforms to be misused in this way this kid was racking up loads of likes and attention and buzz and noise without tiktok doing anything about it you know when when you start terrorizing going into people's homes and when they've got young kids in there or you're taking an old woman's dog, mm. that shouldn't be allowed to be on a platform. Where is the regulation of that content? Well, it does raise the question. Yeah, this kind right. of behaviour has been happening for forever yeah, with right. teenagers. You know, unfortunately, pranksters, you know, bad apples, yeah. there's going to be people out there. It's just now yeah, that they can video it and share it amongst themselves. Does it encourage people? Well, the other thing that's going on, of course, are the Just Stop Oil protesters. And we got a little lesson, I think, from our friends in Germany about how to deal with these people. This is what they do over there. Kind of an instant SWAT team. Right, <laughs> off you go. Um, no mucking around. I mean, Esther, again, it just seemed to me we are very you know, namby-pamby with these yeah. protesters when they're genuinely causing mass dis disruption to people as they go about their lives. Well, it, it completely undermines our faith in the police and, and, and the people that are around to protect us because they always sort of break the boundaries between actually protesting and then putting the public at risk. And the Germans understand how to, to deal with these people. You can absolutely protest peacefully, but when you act, when you get to the point where you're gluing yourself to the M25, for mm. instance, you're actually posing a risk to the public. And I think that's what we're really struggling to get right here in this country. Should we go a bit more German, Kevin? Yeah, I wouldn't be against it. I believe in the, the right to protest, but I also think if you protest, there's a right for the police to come and uh, move you out of the way because you, you've got to feel for the frustration of people who are driving out to work or going home, whatever they're doing. Ambulances. When, yeah, I when people just... I mean, here's the, the hard question, the though, Rosanna, because, mm. you know, if you go back and chart the history of, say, the suffragettes, yeah. they did a lot of public disorder and disruption. But they made to... progress for that reason. No, no, they did. And that's my point, is like, although I find them very objectionable the way they go about their business, they would argue with some merit, well, we're only doing what the suffragettes did when they wanted to get the vote. What's the difference? They had to use disruptive tactics and disrupt the public to get what they wanted. A massive existential issue. You do have to do something about it. And Arnold Schwarzenegger said it this week in an interview. You know, he said the world, there are people around the world that are not happy the way governments are dealing with the climate crisis. You're yeah. going to need a form here, here, of activism. Here's the difference. The suffragettes were, were fighting for the right to have right, um, rights that were being deprived of them. They're not yeah. being deprived of anything. That's the difference. These Just they, Stop Oil protests are wanting, are wanting to take away people's rights to basically use whatever fossil fuels they want or uh, for, for, for companies to produce fossil fuels and all mm. of that. The suffragettes were fighting for the right to get the vote. They're, they're, not, being, they're not being deprived of anything. Yeah, they're trying to deprive the public of they're, something. They're fighting for our existential That's what they believe. Exist. But no, monks, yeah. true. No, but monks don't do this. Monks, okay, monks, monks can argue that actually we're going to go to Oxford Street and shout about how your soul needs to be saved if you don't become a Buddhist. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, but they... But, they but, yeah, but, why does that make that okay if they do it? Yeah, but why, why can't you campaign against 
against fossil fuels. My heart is with just stop. Uh, you can oil. do it. So I just think my head, my head says if you yeah. if you block roads or you jump on a snooker table, you're well, not you, going to well, win you're, public you're support. You're posing a danger to the public. Yeah. What if I robbed your house you know what, and gave it? everything to a homeless person? Does that make me right? Mm. You're not planning to do that. Well, I'm not going to get very much. Put it on TikTok. Quick word, quick word, Rosanna, about Tina Turner. Yeah, go because on. one of the all-time yeah. greats. Simply I mean, I don't think I've been yeah. to a party in my life yeah. where at some yeah. stage there hasn't been a Tina Turner song. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Look at her. She's a legend. She's so well-known. Uh, 83 years old, though, and was fighting a long illness. So, mm. you know, tragic tragic times indeed, but I don't think it's come as a great surprise for anyone. I was just talking to one of the makeup artists for your show, and she said she has um, worked with the lady who plays Tina Turner on the West End stage, and she said Tina Turner looked very well recently. I saw her in a restaurant in South of France once, and she just walked in, and the whole place stood up. I just oh, wow. applauded. Oh, yeah. I've not seen that very often. It's an amazing moment. I've never heard anybody who didn't like her, didn't no. rate her. And you're right, the songs are just fantastic. And on the, on you know, all the domestic violence that mm. she endured yeah. in the hands of her husband Ike, that also made her, I think, for a lot of women, yeah. an iconic figure. And her, and her grit, absolutely. I mean, she worked for two years, I think, to pay off the, the debt that incurred from yeah. the separation from him. Mm. She worked at, she was on food stamps for two years. She worked in, you know, bars and, you know, jazz lounges. Incredible. What a performer. Yeah. 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 When she did, I mean, she sang Simply the Best. For, for what she did, Simply the Best. I mean, really, mm. in terms of great foot stomping, you know, rock star women. I think Tina Turner, for me, was number one. Um, talking of number one, I'm off next week. <laughs> uh, uh, and, Rosanna, you got the short straw. You are uh, filling in for me again. It's a bit like, you know, trying to hold the fort for Frank Sinatra in Vegas, but, you know, good luck. I mean, I'm sloshing around in those big shoes I'm trying to fill, yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you doing it. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks to my pack as well. Uncensored next, Ron DeSantis formally takes on Donald Trump as he launches his bid for the White House tonight in a, an interview with Elon Musk, actually, is going live on Twitter. But can he win the battle for the heart and minds and success, potentially, of the Republican Party? We'll debate that next. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is finally announcing his long-anticipated 2024 Republican presidential bid. Tonight, he's formally filed paperwork to confirm his candidacy. He'll launch his campaign not on TV, but in a conversation on Twitter with its CEO, Elon Musk. We'll be interviewing um, Ron DeSantis, and he has quite an announcement to make. Um, and we'll be, be the first time that something like this is happening on social media. Well, Donald Trump, who launched his second presidential bid in November last year, has repeatedly trash-talked the governor. The former president is well ahead in the polls at the moment, but this is a turning point for DeSantis in the battle for the heart and soul of the Republican Party. Joining me now is best-selling author and columnist for The Sun and New York Post, Douglas Murray, and Fox Nation and Outkick host, Tommy Lahren. OK, Douglas Murray, this is a really interesting moment, I think, in this race, because the narrative so far, Donald Trump is unassailable as Republican nominee. He's way ahead in the polls blah, 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 blah. And yet DeSantis has managed to be polling in the mid-20s without actually announcing he's been running. How significant is tonight going to be, do you think? I think it's very significant. I mean, this is it. They're off, you know? The, the Republican contenders who've been holding back 
all this time have finally started to come out and the race is now on. As you say, Piers, I mean, uh, uh, Trump is so far ahead of the other candidates currently among Republican uh, voters that you may say, some people have, that it's basically an unassailable lead. I don't think that's inevitable. As you say, I mean, Ron DeSantis is just about to start his campaign. Uh, from here on, he will do all the interviews. He'll be questioned about all of the things he hasn't yet had a chance to talk about. He'll be able to talk up all of the policies and the uh, the successes he's had in Florida as governor and talk about how he can roll them out on the, on, on the national stage. So this is really the beginning of the race. There's one big conundrum for the Republicans in this race, which is essentially the Republicans desperately want Joe Biden to be the Democrat nominee. And the Democrats desperately want Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee. Uh, it, almost all the polls show that if Trump goes against Biden, Trump loses. But the question is, as it were, what do you do about the Republican primaries? And, and that's, the, that's the first thing yeah. to get through. Yeah. I want to play, Tommy, before I come to you, just a clip from my interview with Ron DeSantis last month down in Florida at the Governor Mansion. Quite interesting when I asked him, does he have what it takes to be president? Do you think you have what it takes to be president of the United States? Look, I think what it takes is to have a vision for the country, uh, have the ability to exercise leadership, and being willing to stand in that fire when it gets really, really hot and, and not back down uh, under pressure. And I think I have all those things. You think, Tommy, I think people underestimate DeSantis. This is a guy who was a Harvard and Yale student graduate. He then went and became a, a special counsel, legal counsel, to the commander of SEAL Team 1 in Fallujah for a year in Iraq during the worst year for the war for the Americans. So this is a guy who understands the heat of battle quite literally. What do you make of him as a candidate? I think he's going to be an excellent candidate. And again, if we were talking about this race without the Trump card in it, so to speak, I think it would be a very different discussion. But he's going to have a big battle ahead. And unfortunately, it's not going to be really battling the left or battling the Democrats. That's something I think he could do with ease. It's going to be battling Donald Trump and making sure that while he takes on Donald Trump, he doesn't offend the flock of Trump supporters that want Trump, only want Trump. They're always going to be loyal to Trump. We've put ourselves in an interesting position here where we may very well nominate somebody to our ticket that cannot win a general election out of loyalty alone. And that's something that the GOP is going to have to grapple with and decide if loyalty is more important than winning the White House. I, think that's, I don't think yeah. it is. And I say that as a Trump supporter. I think that's an excellent point. You know, I think that uh, this is, the, as you said, Douglas, the conundrum facing it. Let me ask you a hypothetical. Should Ron DeSantis win the nomination? Could you ever imagine Trump then playing the kind of role of kingmaker where he gets behind him to win the national election? Or do you think Trump <laughs> would behave as I would expect Trump to behave and run off and throw his toys out of the pram and try and run as an independent or something crazy? I was talking about this with somebody earlier today, and I said, if you can, can you imagine somebody, anybody less likely to put the interests of their party ahead of themselves than Donald J. Trump? I mean, at any point uh, uh, where he thinks he might lose, when, it, when that comes to him, when that realization comes to him, perhaps he might realize that, you know, he doesn't want to be a two time loser. I mean, here's a question I would ask Trump if I had the opportunity, which is, you know, given that you still claim that 2020 was rigged, what do you think is different in 2024? What are you doing about it? What have you done?
Yeah. And the answer, as usual, is nothing. Yeah. So, so, so for Trump, there is obviously, a, a, you know, going to be some point at which you'll have to work out, you know, do I want to be a loser twice around or do I want to present myself as having the ability to win but having chosen not to go forward at some point this time? I just don't see him ever dropping out of this race no. without trying to destroy the Republican Party along with him. I, I'm afraid I share that fear, actually. And if I was a Republican voter, I would be thinking uh, quite hard about that. Let me ask you, Tommy, another hypothetical. Should Ron DeSantis win the nomination? It's going to be tough for him. He's going to take, take down Trump. But if he does, and I wouldn't underestimate him at all from my experience of, of time with him, could you see the Democrats then creating some health problem with Joe Biden that means he can't run? against somebody literally half his age with three times the energy and dynamism, and they then parachute somebody in like Gavin Newsom, say, the, the young Californian governor. Could you see that hypothetical happening? Yeah, I don't just see it happening. I think that is exactly what is going to happen if Ron DeSantis is our nominee. I think the Biden camp thinks that they can hide Joe in the basement yet again and beat Donald Trump because they're going after Donald Trump with the media, the legal system. I mean, you name it. They're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at Donald Trump. So I think that they feel rather comfortable running against Trump, even if everything is in disarray, quite literally, in this country. But Ron DeSantis... Oh, I don't think so. I think exactly oh. what you just said is going to happen. It's going to be Joe is going to step down due to his age. They're going to bring Gavin Newsom in. I guarantee you that is going to be the pathway if Ron DeSantis is our nominee. They will not oh. take that chance of running Joe Biden against Ron DeSantis. OK, I want two names from both of you. Douglas, I want to know who's going to win the Republican nomination and who's going to win the 2024 election. Give me two names. Uh, currently, it'll be Donald Trump getting the Republican nomination and Joe Biden being president. Uh, if, if it happens the other way around, by the way, if it becomes DeSantis uh, versus Newsom, that is a real election. It is. Uh, that is the success of Florida versus the catastrophe of California. <laughs> and well, that would be a good one. Tommy, to see that. I've only got eight seconds. To Tommy, race. give me two names. Republican nomination and the winner of the 2024. All right, I'm going to be optimistic. I do think that Trump is going to end up being our nominee. And I'm going to tell you, I think he's going to win against Joe Biden names. because I think this party is going to do everything so Trump we and possibly Trump can. From Tommy. So I think Tommy. it's going to be Trump-Biden, and I thank think you. Trump is going to win. I've got to leave it. <laughs> Douglas, Tommy, thank you both very much indeed. Tomorrow night, a special program, Artificial Intelligence. What do we know? How dangerous? I've got big brains to debate a big topic. That's tomorrow night. Keep it uncensored. Good night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.